0: Hey friend, today I am excited to introduce you to someone and the topic of today is a good one, right? All right. So this is my friend Elizabeth and we connected, I think mostly probably through Instagram a bit. And then I started my podcast and the Facebook community. And she was just, just a ray of sunshine to me. And I said to her, Hey, would you be willing to help me out a bit with the Facebook community? It's grown so much. It's hard for me to be able to keep up with it on my own. And I and I wanted to be able to have someone else to help interact and someone who really um, resonated with the philosophy and everything behind Little by Little Homeschool. And she said yes. So I am just, I was just so, I've been so honored. And if you're in the Facebook community, you have... I know you've interacted with Elizabeth. She's been over there and she's so sweet and kind and just so knowledgeable already about homeschooling and really encouraging. So today she and I sat down over a Zoom call because you'll find out here she doesn't live close to me, unfortunately, but we sat down over Zoom and we got to discuss field trips. And you're going to quickly find out why I've kind of dumped her the queen of field trips. <laughs> she has such a vast knowledge. And I I wanted to talk with her about this because I know that we often as homeschool moms feel intimidated or overwhelmed by field trips. And we just think it has to be this big, huge thing. And so I wanted to sit down and talk with her so that we could share with you just some information, some t- tips, and some tricks, and just some ways that you can walk confidently into field trips. Now, some moms do like a field trip Friday, and some of you are like, that is, no, can't even do it. I'm, I'm getting a little, little shifty here, just even thinking about it. But today, I want you to listen in, and you are going to gain the confidence, and you're going to find out some inside, you know, information here about how to pull off amazing field trips, that don't even have to be huge, that can be enjoyable, whether it's just a couple of hours, it's a day trip, an overnight, or maybe something a bit longer extended. So thank you for joining me here today, and let's listen in on this conversation that I got to have with Elizabeth.
1: Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation.
0: Welcome, Elizabeth, to the podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you a bit today about field trips, but before I get started, I want to let everybody Kind of, some people might know who you are. <laughs> you have been very active and helpful so much in the Facebook community. So those of you that are in the community who have seen Elizabeth, you'll know you will now put a face uh, to the voice that you're going to hear today. But she's been a huge help in the Facebook community. If you're not in the Facebook community, go ahead and check out the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you be a part of that. We're sitting down here. We're going to talk a bit about homeschool field trips. And let's start off though, Elizabeth, if you could just share a little bit about yourself and You know, how you got into homeschooling and maybe some thoughts that you have about
2: homeschooling right now. Sure. Thanks, Lee. Um, So, yes, I'm Elizabeth, and we are a military family. Um, We are currently stationed in Germany, moving back to the States this summer. I have been married to my husband, Eric, for years, and we have three daughters. Um, They are ages 7, 9, and 11, and we started homeschooling about three years ago. Um, Interestingly enough, I had a prompting to homeschool before my oldest went to kindergarten, but we lived near a really great school, and she really wanted to go to school, so we went ahead and let her go to school. Um, Fast forward to 2020 and COVID and um, dealing with doing... um, school online. And I realized I did not like my kids sitting on a computer for eight hours a day. So we decided the next year we were done and we've been homeschooling ever since for all three of them. So um, no turning back. We feel like this is us for the foreseeable future.
0: I love that story. And I've heard this from a lot of moms that they kind of had a nudge, a prompting. They felt something stirring in their heart as they sent their oldest off to school and I was the same way and but you just that's just what you did it's a really great school district and they'll be fine and everybody else is doing it and that was how I went to school and then a lot in the past couple years you know with COVID and then looking and being like this isn't how I want them to do it or also some saying wait a minute they're not really doing anything online that I couldn't do with them at home and it's not as scary Home education isn't as elusive, and I'm I'm going to tell you that I you've been homeschooling for a few years, and I'm so impressed with just your base of knowledge and your willingness to just jump in with two feet. And I think that any mom that encounters you will feel like you've probably been at it way longer than you have been. So I appreciate your insight and just your um, desire to just dive into it and just and really create. An amazing homeschool for you and your family. So you did mention that you guys are right now living in Germany. So things are a little bit different for you. And I probably have some, I, I know I do have some uh, listeners uh, in Germany as well. So that'll kind of, this will kind of resonate with them, but homeschooling is, sorry. Let me go back. Field trips, <laughs> yeah, homeschooling and field trips. Field trips is something we can do no matter where where we live. And one of the huge benefits of homeschooling that is that we can learn outside of the four walls of our home. So tell me a little bit about how have you seen field trips benefiting your family?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, so like you said, we live in Germany. We've been in Europe for five years now. Prior to being in Germany, we were in Spain. And um, one thing that really brought about me realizing the importance of field trips was being surrounded by so much culture and history and um, just being able to bring my kids to different countries to see different landmarks from it being maybe the Blarney Castle and kissing the Blarney Stone to going to Auschwitz to going to the Netherlands. Um, A lot of things that we've done It's been to not only make memories, but also learn, find ways that we can learn about um, the world around us and how other cultures and different people live or lived in the past when it comes to history and whatnot.
0: So have you, when you do a field trip, so for something like one of the places that you just mentioned, do you spend time beforehand talking about it, preparing them for what they're going to see and experience?
2: We do. We um I often try to find books. Um I would say we're kind of eclectic homeschoolers, but we do a lot of literature-based um learning. And so for example, when we um knew we were gonna go to the Netherlands, I was very excited because um I had just finished reading The Hiding Place, which is a bo- book about Cory Tenboom, and I loved it so much and I found out that Cory Tenboom House Museum was in the Netherlands, and I was like, we've gotta go. But I wanted it to be fun for my kids because I figured that might be something that could be boring to them. And I discovered a book called um, Christian Heroes Then and Now, Corey Ten Boom version. And so I read that aloud to my girls, and they were, let's see, probably six, eight, and 10 at the time. And even my six year old was very engrossed in the story. She didn't always seem like she was, but she was because um, when we got to the museum, they tell you, basically the whole story in a very short form. And I remember my youngest going, when are you going to talk about the fleas? When are you going to talk about the fleas that they had to deal with? And the lady said, I think you could lead this tour. So reading books has really been one of the best ways that we kind of learn about it. And then the activity or the field trip cements it into the the girls' minds.
0: That story is hilarious, because I've taken my kids on so many field trips. And this is probably was your experience as well, Elizabeth, and uh, some of you listening that you go and you'll be with a a group of adults, or at least adults leading it. And (laughs) the last questions and you're like, kids, like the only ones that are raising hands, and they know all the answers, and they're pointing out things. And um, it's it's kind of, I feel like at that time we're being, you know, like on the mission field for homeschooling and because they're like, why do these kids know all these things? And we're like, well, they homeschool <laughs> and we were learning about those. So that's so fun. That's, and that's amazing because especially, you know, kids will just pick up on things and that's important to them or just details. And they're like, wait a minute, you're missing out on that detail. So that's really mm-hmm. neat. So I know that you mentioned, so you're mentioning, um, field trips and things that you took. I mean, a lot of us aren't going to have the opportunity right now this homeschool year to go to another another country. So anything that you say here, I mean, I can see t- translating to going to a local historical site or maybe going a couple states over and going to a historical site or um, a national park. Say you're going to visit Yellowstone National Park or one of the places we went to uh, was down in on the Outer Banks. We went to uh, the right museum there and just, and learned all about, you know, flight and, you know, on summer break. And we, for that one, we didn't do any prep. I didn't quite think about where we we're going to be. We just kind of jumped in, you know, two feet and, and did that. Um, but any of that can kind of translate to just going to your, because anywhere you live, you're going to be able to find historical sites. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, or some type of museum or something, I have found the best thing, because for us, we've moved a couple times and I have just asked, like a local neighbor. We have a neighbor and she's older and just knows they've lived her their entire lives. And when she were homeschooling, the one day she comes, because she had mentioned things here and then she came, she goes, I just wrote a whole list for you <laughs> of museums and sites. Because I was like, oh no, I've never heard of that. I didn't, I didn't know the area was known for that. And so if you're not quite sure where to go, ask locally and, um, be able to find some places. So it doesn't have to be a big, a big thing. Cause sometimes homeschool moms, we can get really super overwhelmed as we're thinking about, and then we're planning, and then we have to actually carry through with the field trip. So what is some advice that you would give to a mom to help her just to get out there and to actually do a, like a day field trip?
2: Sure. I think for a day field trip. Now I will say, I do not look at my curriculum and then say, okay, I need to find something to fit what we're studying this week what I do, because we also have moved many, many times, I will look at what's around us and see if I can um just make a fun day. Now, we tend to only homeschool four days a week, so we like to have a Friday or a Monday off, depending on the week. Um And so I try to plan for the day off to be the day that we would do a field trip if we were going to do something locally. Um And then just as far as planning it out, finding whether it's a science museum, a zoo, a natural park, a, a history museum, a landmark. There are so many different ways that you can get out and educate. And you can go to visitor centers too. If your city has a visitor center and you don't have an, an older neighbor that maybe knows the area well, go to the visitor center and ask for a list of places, you know, or or go pull all the flyers out and look through them and see what your kids might be interested in. For us last year, because we were technically supposed to be studying American history more, but we were in Europe, I kind of put American history on the back burner, and we just studied Europe so that we could um really kind of cement some of those things. But, like I know, next year we'll be in Alabama. That's where we're going next. And there's a lot of history about the Tuskegee Airmen. So I'm already kind of thinking, what things do we want to do to tie those in? And that's where I say that we're eclectic because while we have, Curriculum that we follow, we will easily do a unit study from time to time um, from our regular history and just do a unit study on something else. Nobody ever said you had to finish that history book from August through May. Maybe that history book takes you two years to get through because you did random unit studies in there that drew it out longer. So it's the beauty of homeschooling is getting creative. But as far as getting out and just doing it, don't overthink it. Sometimes it might be as simple as going to a bakery. Maybe you have like a grocery store that has a bakery and you just ask them, hey, do you ever do field trips for kids? Like we're homeschools. We would just like to come by and see what you do here. Or there's a farm nearby and you just reach out and ask. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be in depth. Maybe you just read one book about baking and it's age appropriate for your kiddo. Maybe you read a book about farm animals or you're considering having some type of um, homestead someday. And so you just want to teach your family about what that might look like. I think those are all ways that you can tie in field trips to your your regular homeschool year.
0: I love the idea of bulking it out. Sometimes though, I know that we've been presented uh, with field trips that are completely random, but it's an opportunity that somebody has put together. I'm like, well, I'm not going to put together that that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I literally just recently from a friend at homeschools, she's putting something together with, at the local airport and uh, talking about you know, civil engineering just, and so it's for high school kids specifically, because you will find that if there are field trips specific to elementary school kids, it's much different than high school and the high school kids, no offense, to the elementary school kids don't really want to go on the elementary school field trips because I can usually find a lot of those available online, you know, through Facebook groups and stuff. Um, but so she put this together. I'm like, we are doing nothing about flight or, you know, anything at all. But I'm like, I'm not going to put this together. So we're just going to go ahead and do it. And it'll just, we'll just fit it into, and we'll just kind of go back to our regular stuff the next day. And, uh, but then also you can build off of that. Like if he's super interested in some of the things that we learned about, maybe certain airplanes, well, then I can then pull in stuff afterwards as well. And just let, let the interest in that kind of ride out. Maybe it's a day or two, or maybe it's something that lasts a few weeks, or maybe it's something that just kind of sparks a desire and who knows where it goes from there. But I love that there's so many resources out there to come alongside us. They don't have to be expensive either. Mm -hmm. Books can be free at the library, or you can ask friends, uh, especially if they're homeschool friends, they tend to have a lot of books.
2: Um, so- I would also add in um, many museums have started doing scavenger hunts for kids, whether it be art museums or history museums. They'll have things hidden around the museum that help engage the kids. We've encountered that a handful of times. So when you do go to places, ask if they have anything. If it's maybe it's not a kids' museum specifically, but you can ask if they have anything directed towards a younger audience. Um, and that kind of helps. Not only could mom and dad still kind of enjoy maybe a, a a museum that's a little higher or a little more elevated, but the kids are looking for hidden bunnies in paintings or something, or they've got you know uh, you've got to find the painting that has you know these three colors and this theme to it or something. And so there there's some really neat resources that are definitely free once you're at those locations too.
0: That's a very good point. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking about um, the national parks in the U.S. have like mini ranger programs that when you go into the visitor center, they'll give you the information and then you go in and and look for those things. Then you can turn it in, you get your little badge and stuff. So that's also a fun resource to do as well. So let's talk about taking some longer trips because some families are interested in taking longer trips. Um, So whether it's a few days, it's a week or even longer to see sites um, and to learn, learn about the world. So what are some tips you would give us for taking those
2: longer trips? Uh, tip one is don't stress. Um, (laughs) after that, I would say, realize from the get go that you cannot see it all. Um, the fear of missing out is real, but when it comes to, um, but when you come to terms with the fact that you can't and never will see it all, it really does ease the stress so much. And even if you could do it all, your kids likely won't remember it all. So that's another thing. Um, take photos and they don't need to be Instagram worthy photos. Just take photos and capture memories and be fully present in those trips. Um, Don't overbook yourself. That's another one that we have really instilled in our family. We will tend to choose maybe just one or two things a day and leave room to breathe. So know your limits. If you've got really little ones and they need naps, you can't go from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. But plan breaks. Whether it's sitting in a coffee shop or a restaurant for a little longer Don't let anybody rush you out in Europe is when you go to a restaurant, they are not trying to give you the bill at any certain time. They pretty much assume that once you sit down, you're going to be there for hours and hours and hours. And I know it's not the same in the States, but they can't make you leave that table any sooner than you want to. So enjoy sitting for as long as you need to. Um, And if you're not comfortable there or your kiddo is, you know, maybe you've got a younger one that's restless, then feel free to stop at a park. Look to see if you can find parks when you're out and about and make mental notes of those because you're out, you go to a museum for a while and you're maybe quiet and you're learning and then you leave and you go, let's go to that park that we saw earlier and let that kiddo play and just you grab a or a drink and just sit and relax. Everyone will be happier for it if you just allow yourself space to enjoy the time and treat it like a vacation, whether it's a full homeschool um, trip, you know, where you're just trying to learn the whole time, still take time to rest and relax because you'll come back from that a lot happier and a lot more um, ready to take on whatever you have the next week.
0: I think that stress is a, is a huge thing and we just get so worked up and those tips are so, so important with the realizing we're not going to see it all. We're not going to be able to do it all. And that's okay. And, and recognizing also I love that you said that they most likely aren't going to remember everything. We th- feel like we have to, um, plan so much because you might never be back there again. And then come to find out your kids that I've seen as my kids have gotten older. And we, um, you know, recently looking through some old pictures and stuff. And my youngest is like, I don't remember living there at all. And he was even seven years old when we lived there. And I was like, Oh, wow. I mean, he remembers little things and mostly from pictures. So we think that, you know, if we don't see it all, then that's that we've missed miss it out. But you can go back again, maybe if it's a place you can get back to again, and understand that they're going to remember the pieces that they're going to remember. And we're all going to have different things like you're just mentioning earlier, your daughter, like, where are the fleas, like, that was an important thing. But maybe nobody else ever thought, thought about that. And you're mentioning the parks and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, allowing space for kids to be kids instead of just trying to fill it all in with seeing all all the sites understand they have to get the wiggles out they've got the wiggles at home they're going to have the wiggles out on a field trip one thing we would do when we take family vacations is um, we probably even actually I'm trying to think, uh, the last big one was maybe last year, or so we still did the same thing. <laughs> I had all teenagers, <laughs> and we would you know we would get to be like lunch we so I would pack a lunch or something to eat, and I would everybody would eat it in the car and then we would stop at a rest area or something, and a lot of the places that we would travel to had rest areas that had a lot of grassy space, and I would just let them like so we would eat in the car so that the time we would stop to use the restroom would be time to stretch our legs and to run around and to um, just get some get some movement and everything. So I think that's important and to, yeah. Remember that our kids are still kids on the trip, even like they are at home. They got the wiggles at home. They're going to have the wiggles while you're out and about too. Yes. So how do you um, recover, we'll say, from a field trip and get back into your curriculum plan? So whether this is like an extended trip or just a day trip, we can come back sometimes thoroughly exhausted because of all the planning. Maybe it's a day trip and you had to drive an hour there. And it's the packing of the lunch, or looking ahead of time to be like, is there somewhere we can pick up some type of lunch? Remembering all the water bottles. If you have babies, you got diapers, and you have all these things, and trying to be like, okay, we're gonna get this done and get them in the car so they can kind of take a nap, or maybe they'll fall asleep in the stroller, and you know, or even if they're older kids, you don't have a baby. There's just is a lot that goes on, and then we feel like the next day, like we got to get back into it. We missed our math lessons yesterday. We missed our science experiment and our art project. So how how can we as moms recover from? these field trips and get back into our into our curriculum, our plans, because, you know, I would assume that our curriculum we've chosen is something that we um, have invested in and that we want to spend time with our kids and all the plans and the goals that we have are are all good things. So how do we so what's your advice on that?
2: So as I said earlier we tend to do a four-day school week for our family that's what works. So field trips do tend to be on Friday and which really makes it easy because then typically on Saturday we don't have anything that we have to do. But there have been occasional field trips that were other days of the week and I think that just allowing um the next morning to be maybe a little slower and letting everyone wake up naturally. Maybe if you usually set an alarm, don't set an alarm. Let people sleep in a little bit. If you can look at what you're doing and be like, okay, well, I really think math and history are really important today. So we're gonna do those, but maybe our read aloud, we can let that scooch to the next day. We can just allow a little bit more free time today, a little more rest. Um, I think that little changes like that can really make sliding back in easier. Like don't put the stress of having to get right back into everything the very next day. But as far as if it's a longer trip, my, my tips tend to be try to have your house as put together as you want before you leave, come home, unpack as quickly as possible, and then allow yourself a full day of recovery, um, of again, no alarms, slow wake-ups, um, just kind of resting around your house and decompressing from the travel. A vacation from the vacation is what I've always said. And um, then when the next day comes, you'll be a lot more ready to dive back in. And I know with my girls, they actually crave that routine. So normally once we pick back up, they don't have a lot of issues. But if you have one that maybe does have a slower uh, proclivity to getting back into schoolwork figure out what works best if that's doing just two things one day and then doing all four things the next or however many things you do just breaking it up so that you can ease back in um that would be my my biggest tip so just take your time because it's going to take the time it takes
0: yeah because distinctly you were gone for whether it's an for a day and even if it was a day trip that you were having planning probably for a couple of days and maybe getting supplies and getting things. And so thinking about it, and then to to expect to just jump straight back into it, it's kind of like you have a baby and then you expect like suddenly you're going to have like pre-baby body. You're like, no, no, no. It took nine (laughs) months to get there. I mean, this is a much shorter thing, (laughs) but it took you a couple of days of planning and then you actually executed the field trip and you went and did everything and everyone is probably maybe exhausted that evening and you get home and get everybody baths and to bed. And um if we try to jump straight back into things, we're gonna might maybe find ourselves mid morning in tears ourselves as well as kids. And but it's also depends on the kids. Some kids might be like the next day you might have some they are like, I, I this is what I have to do. And I've had some kids. I'm like, okay, go ahead. You can do you can do your math worksheet. Just do the review stuff and And other ones that are like, you know, I'm cool with just kind of refreshing myself a little bit here today. So recognizing that, you know, what our family's needs are in each individual child as well. Do you have anything else, any last tidbits or anything to add before we close up here?
2: I think my last thing to say is just have fun. Mm -hmm. The beauty of homeschooling is that we get to kind of do our own thing for the most part. And we have a reason why we're doing this. Um, And like I said, nothing has to be Instagram worthy. Feel free to just make memories. You know what? Sometimes you're going to take pictures in an event and one kid is crying in that photo and you're probably not going to want to post that on social media and you don't need to, but you're going to look back years from now and just giggle and go, oh my goodness. I remember when so-and-so was very unhappy to be there and but we did it and we had fun. And the whole day wasn't bad because I don't know if anybody else has heard this recently. Did you have a bad day or did you have a bad five minutes in your day? So one tantrum does not ruin an entire day. So I would just say, have fun, enjoy homeschooling, enjoy field trips, and don't overcomplicate them. Just look for simple things.
0: That's that's a beautiful, beautiful closing tip because really one of the our main goals of homeschooling it most of us say is that we want relationships and to create memories with our kids. And let's create the memories that we want to look back on someday and say, that was, that was good. Even if the two year old threw a temper tantrum or even the 10 year old threw a temper tantrum, it's okay. That doesn't ruin the entire day. And yes, not to make it Instagram worthy, just to take the pictures because someday you're going to look back and you're going to have fun looking at those. And um, my kids, I think say they're in, one of the main things I remember is field trips that we would take Um, and so it's a lot of good good time to uh bond and make that the goal as opposed to seeing all the things and doing all the things so thank you elizabeth for joining me today this was encouraging and i'm excited to hear about some of the field trips that all of you take and to interact a little bit more and hear from elizabeth go ahead and check out the facebook community we'd love to have you over there if you are not there already Wasn't that fun and super informative in like a fun way? Because informative doesn't always, that word doesn't make it always seem like it's going to be fun and enjoyable. I hope you're able to take some notes and I hope that your mind is now like, ooh, okay, I'm thinking of all of the possibilities here for field trips. And I know that we are, you know, we're here in April, we're kind of coming to the close of the school year. It's a great time to take field trips and you're like, I'm just burned out and done with doing our curriculum. Let's do field trips. The weather is great. Go for it. And maybe even over the summer, when you take a little bit of a break, you like, we're not going to worry that as much about our curriculum. We're going to take a lot of quote unquote field trips. Guess what, honey? That counts as school if you live in a state where you have to count school days and hours and whatever, you know, however you do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell anybody, <laughs> but I'm excited to hear about some field trips that you have planned. So join Elizabeth and I over in the Facebook community. Go ahead and check out the link in the show notes hop over into there, say hi to Elizabeth, and then let us know about some field trips that you have up and coming in these next couple of months. I'm excited about it. Okay, we'll see you over in the Facebook group.
1: If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at littlebylittlehomeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, mama.